0: This time, in his, we're going to put up Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 39. Um, our reading for today. So, a disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It's enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master if they have called the master of the house bells above how much more will they malign those of his household so to whom, to whom to fear so have no fear of them for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered and nothing secret that will not become known what i say to you in the dark tell and tell in the light and what you hear whispered proclaim from the housetops Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground, uh, unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You're of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Not peace, but a sword. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life, for my sake, will find it. Amen. So I'm going to um, welcome our guest preacher today, um, Julian Miles, who is a local preacher in the North Kent Circuit. And um, he came and led our covenant service um, back in January and gave a wonderful sermon. So it's a great opportunity to have him back. Um, since it's easy for him to come back he doesn't have to do a long journey to come and visit us today and no. to share this word. and um you know julian's just a great guy i've known him for many many years and um and it's great to see the his ministry developing now and he's leading huddles and discipleship huddles discipling other people um leading small groups starting up new services looking at church, planting a church a new church before covid19 hit and so yeah he could he, he see all that all that with work as well and a small part and, and a and a young family so he's, he's he seems to be a very busy chap just building god's kingdom and, and doing life and and mission together with his family so i'm going to pass back to julian and um welcome julian it's great to have you with us god bless
1: thank you gary um very kind words um i hope everyone can hear me um if so, this could be a, a very boring sermon. Um hopefully it won't be that. Um but first of all, greetings to everyone um from sunny Kent. Well it, it's sunny at the moment and I'm not sure if it's gonna stay that way. But um, you know, um I'm really honored to be able to um to be with you virtually today. Um of course I I was hoping that I would be able to, to come back and and meet with you in person um but you know the lord knows what he's doing and i think even through this situation um where you know the world has changed um and it's affected us all god is still in control and he will work things out i'm 100 percent confident in that fact so for this service this morning um, of course, it's Father's Day, so I'd like to begin with a bit of a disclaimer. Um, you know, my my own father passed away nearly three years ago, and this day today, uh, being Father's Day, which is which is um, unlike Mother's Day and Mothering Sunday, which is different. On different days around the world but father's day is on this particular day wherever you are in the world and i'm fully conscious that you know for us um some people have their fathers alive some people do not have their fathers alive some people didn't know their fathers Um, so we all have different experiences of that but i think it is good that we honor fathers not just because i'm a father myself but i think we have to recognize the fact that they say in life only two things are certain death and taxes but i'd also like to add that in life it's also a certainty that we have a biological father and mother and so the bible tells us that we should honor both our father and our mother. The difficulty is that for some people, um, my wife included, um, didn't have a relationship with her her dad. And that's true across the world. But I want to speak about a different father, a father that cares for us, a father who values us, a father that has been with us, from before day one and of course this is our heavenly father we listen to a psalm at the beginning of this service um, from psalm 86 and what i'd like to do is to reread that psalm for you but i'm going to make one change i'm going to substitute the word god or lord And instead, I'm going to use the word Father. And I'd like for you to listen as I read and see how this changes what is being said in this psalm. So, Psalm 86. Hear, my Father, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my Father, save your servant who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, Father, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, Father, I lift up my soul. You are forgiving and good, Father, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Father. Listen to my cry for mercy. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Father. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Father. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvellous deeds. You alone are Father. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant your your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Father. Father. Have helped me and comforted me. We are all familiar with Jesus's prayer, um, otherwise known as the Lord's Prayer, in which he begins by teaching his disciples to say, "Our Father in heaven." And of course, this was, in a manner of speaking, a strange concept to the hearers because, you know, they were used to holding God in such reverence. You know, they didn't see god necessarily as their father even though throughout the scriptures god references fatherhood to how he cared for the people of israel and as we are contemplating the meaning of fathers today i thought that what we should do first of all is see the value that we have to our father it's wise for us to begin there because For particularly people who haven't had a father figure in their life, it's very difficult to associate a loving God with their experience, with an absent father. So in exploring our value to the father, we of course see that pointed to directly in the cross. The cross of Jesus shows the Father's love to each and every person on this planet. But in the reading from Matthew chapter 10, there is reference also to the Father's love. In Matthew 10, reading from verse 29, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And every, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And in that short passage of scripture, we are being told by Jesus of our value to the father. It's a It's a value that speaks to our view of creation where, you know, we can see a sparrow falling to the ground. The other day um, I was in my garden and I saw a bee um, that was going to a flower and it fell to the ground. And it reminded me of this passage to say that, you know, even that little bee falling to the ground doesn't do so without God's notice. And if God has notice on that little bee, how much more notice does he have of us? We could almost believe that we are the pinnacle of of God's creation, more than the moon and the stars and the celestial bodies or all of the creatures that we see on earth. We bear the image of God. And that makes us extremely special. So bearing that in mind, Do we see ourselves as valuable to God? If we don't, I think that is something that we should definitely pray over. Because our value to God is written throughout the scriptures. From Genesis through to Revelation. The Bible is a love letter that he has written to each and every one of us the problem is is that a lot of us don't read that letter it's a bit like um, way back in the day um, when I was younger um, I lived in this country and my my girlfriend who is now my wife um, was living in the Caribbean and we used to write letters to each other and the joy and excitement that I felt whenever you know through the door came uh, an envelope with my name and I instantly recognized her handwriting. And, you know, I would be so excited. But I, I wouldn't want to read it just yet. I would wait until, you know, in the evening, just before I'm going to bed, and I would open the letter and I would read it and reread it. And it was as if she was speaking directly into my ear. And that's what the Bible is for us. The Bible is God's love letter to us. My encouragement to you is read it, you know, take the time and read what he's trying to say to you. So in those words, we we have a glimpse of the father's opinion of us, our value to him. The next point is what is his value to us? And I'm going to refer again back to Matthew 10, reading from verse 37, which says, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I know those words might seem really harsh. You know, what is what is Jesus saying? Is he saying, you know, we should, you know, discard our parents? We should discard our children. Of course not. I mean, that is completely obvious. You know, um, he had harsh words for people who would say, you know, um, I'm not going to take care of my parents. I'm going to, you know, instead give my money to, you know, some charity or whatever. You know, that was not the heart of Jesus. And he was not saying we should cast off. Our, our parents, or indeed our children. But there is a passage of scripture that I think highlights what is being aimed for. I'm sure we are all familiar with the scripture that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength essentially with everything that is in you when jesus referred to that scripture later he said the second commandment is to love your neighbor like yourself what's jesus saying god's got to be first if he's not first then we are not really living the life that we should be living as followers our disciples of jesus or even children of the father We are being called to live differently. Lots of people out in the world value their children, value their families. They are people who go and do good acts. You know, there are many charities that are not Christian based, but do good work. And so it shows us that that is a given within human society. For us to be able to do good to others. Jesus calls us to a different standard. He's calling us to say. Your first priority. Your first value. Has got to be towards God. And so. With that in mind. We go to the next point. Which. I'm going to read again from Matthew 10, verse 24, which says, A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like the teacher and for the servant to be like the master. And I'm going to add for the son to be like the father. And I'm not wanting to be sexist here. For daughters to be like their fathers. The point is, is that Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. And as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we too should be displaying the Father out into the world. But sometimes I think we struggle with that. And that's normal. I struggle with it myself. But it should always be our aim. That is what we should be aiming for. The next point is from verse 26, which says, So do not be afraid of them. You might say, who is them? Them are the people that oppose what we are saying. The the faith that we have. The The ones who are really adamant that we are totally misguided in putting our faith in Jesus. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the rooftops. Here's the thing at the moment, the world seems to be in in turmoil and it's 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 a global thing i recognize that this point is probably just as big a point in in the world as the second world war was in my father's generation or the first world war was in my grandfather's generation it seems as if something big tends to happen in every generation and i think this is our moment in this moment we've got coronavirus we've got lockdown we've got social isolation we've got the doors to church buildings closed and it seems as if this is a situation we've never dealt with before and there's a lot of Angst, there's a lot of turmoil. And people are rightly wondering how are we going to get through this? We also have another situation where in the United States there's been a lot of focus on racial tension. There's a lot been a lot of focus on how are we still here? How are we still in a position where people are judged by the colour of their skin and not by the content of their hearts, as Martin Luther King quoted? And we look at these situations, we look at these points of turmoil. And my question is this. As Christians, we know that we are valued by God. As Christians, we know that we should value God above everything. And as Christians, we're looking out to the world. As Jesus said, we should. We we should love our neighbours as ourselves. But I think there's a challenge here. And the challenge is this. During the whole coronavirus pandemic, it was widely reported that you know um, people were looking after their neighbours, you know doing shopping runs, checking in on the elderly. You know people were talking with one another, and that was wonderful to see. But yet, with this question and this discussion around race instantly the shutters come up or rather the shutters go down and people stop talking it's almost as if people are afraid to talk about racism they're afraid to talk about systems that we encounter and i can completely understand that it's not an easy topic to discuss however if we as the church are to bring healing to the nations it's important for these discussions to be had and i feel it's the duty of the church to lead in these discussions many clergy have come out to speak about these issues and that's good but i don't think it's just down to them because jesus didn't call the clergy and i'm not saying that he didn't call them at all i'm saying he didn't call them exclusively everyone who is called by the name of christ and who calls themselves a christian is called so therefore everyone has a responsibility to speak I've been to this church before. You are a multicultural congregation. And I'm sure there are members of your congregation who have experienced racism. And I'm sure there are members of your congregation that have not experienced racism. It is my belief We need to come together. We need to come together and speak about these things. We need to ask our brothers and sisters, how are you doing? How do how are you seeing the situation? Because this is not a political matter, as much as politicians wade in and get involved. And it's not merely a social issue. It is a human issue. And the point is, is that Jesus didn't die on the cross for one race of people. He died on the cross for the entire world. And this, I think, is a cross that we need to bear in the church. So, in conclusion, I'd like to help us to see beyond the immediate, see beyond just what's going on in the news what's going on in our communities and look to our neighbors if we were in church i would have said i would have said you know turn to your neighbor and start that conversation what do you think about what's going on in america does is this really happening here in the uk and if it is happening in the uk what can we do about it in the background you see behind me a union jack with the colors removed and what you see is black and white and a lot of people will say this issue that we're facing is not a black and white issue (laughs) and how ironic is that the point is is that we are called to live together and we are called to set the example and my challenge to you everyone who is hearing my voice is to take the cross up and follow Jesus years ago there, there used to be that band that people used to wear WWJD what would Jesus do we also have uh, That song that speaks about Jesus going through the streets. Would Jesus be demonstrating? I think maybe he might. He might certainly be having a conversation. Let's follow his example. Let's love our brothers. Whether they are black, white, Asian, Chinese or Whatever country, let us love as Jesus loved us. And to finish off, I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to bring this back to fatherhood. And I want to share this with you just because I like bragging about it. I don't know if you can see this. That's uh picture that my son gave to me this morning. This is a drawing that my daughter did, my second daughter. Well my my first daughter rather, uh, my second child, and this is a picture that my um my last child, my second daughter, drew for me. Those are symbols of, of their love and I totally appreciate that i'd like for us to find a way to to love on the father today today is father's day let's love and show appreciation and show value to our heavenly father however you can do it i just encourage you to do it god bless you and that's all i've got for you today